You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of SD Times. And now, here's Katie D, online and social media editor of SD Times. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us for today's podcast episode. Today, we're going to be speaking with Kehlani Liefer, founder and CEO of Co-op Careers, about the mass layoffs the tech industry has been experiencing and how low-income professionals and first-generation grads may be affected by this. Um, All right, so my first question for you is, what do you think the root cause of the influx of layoffs that we've been seeing really is? Yeah, um, well, first, I I am not an economist. I think there's, like, big things I, like, don't have unique insights on. Mm -hmm. I have a a strong sense, and this won't be a surprise to you, that that tech um, had a you know, a period of irrational exuberance after the first six months of the the pandemic, right? There was that period in 2020 where hiring everywhere just kind of froze. Um, And that was a scary year for us because, you know, it was a scary year for everyone. But um, for an organization whose reason for existing is to help young folks build careers primarily in tech, um, there were a number of months in 2020 that, that were quite nerve wracking. Mm -hmm. And then towards the end of 2020 and into 2021, um, it felt like tech companies were making up for lost time and um, trying to catch up with just a, a, like an insane amount of demand for their services Mm -hmm. and their products and their platforms. And, um, you know, I, I, I think there was this sense that, coming out of the pandemic, that this momentum was unstoppable and would somehow last forever. And all the changes in behavior by consumers and companies that happened in the first year of the pandemic would just lock in. Um, And I I think you can look at, you know, um, Peloton and Zoom stocks and others, right, where the expectations um, were set during truly exceptional times, mm-hmm. um, you know, the pre-vaccine pandemic times. Right. And so there was a ton of hiring, um, and that was a really exciting period for us too as an organization that's <laughs> trying to help young folks build careers, primarily in tech again. Um, and then one of the tricky things, and, and, you know, there's the, the great resignation happening in a lot of other industries, right, folks feeling after about a, you know, a, a year of maybe staying put in a, in a job that wasn't right for them, that, you know, they, they were ready for something new, you know, tech in 2021 was paying these crazy, right. you know, salaries and hiring bonuses because they were desperately trying to pull up all the, you know, as much talent as they could. Um, and so a lot of folks went into tech, uh, transitioned from, from other careers, including nonprofits and education. Um, and that was really exciting and they should absolutely have done that and gone and, and pursued these higher, higher salaries. But, um, unfortunately the thing about capitalism and, and publicly traded companies is, um, when push comes to shove, they're gonna lay off who they have to, um, or who they believe they have to. And so um, it's striking that, you know, a lot of folks went towards tech because tech could pay so much more, but tech was not committed to them in any mm-hmm. meaningful way, right? Um, and so when, once once that 
that intense consumer demand started to level off. Um, a lot of companies realized, oh, shoot, we hired more people than, than we need maybe into 23 and 24. And, and then they let them go. Um, and why do you think that tech is really being affected by the economic state that we're seeing more than other industries? Is it really just a result of overhiring during the pandemic or is there something else that kind of plays into that? I think overhiring is a big part of it. Um, I think, um, I mean, one big trend that we're seeing, which actually I think I'm really excited about is how much, um, how, to what degree tech jobs extend well beyond the tech industry at this point. Right. Um, and so, no, actually, that doesn't really answer that question. I, I, I do think it's it's primarily connected to overhiring, which was connected to unrealistic expectations of growth right. beyond the pandemic. Um, and kind of, a, yeah, again, I, I, I think... We live in a, in a country where employment has huge, huge, huge implications for someone's survival and thriving, but, but um, employers hire just in time and, and then they will also fire when they need to. Right. Um, speaking of tech jobs kind of extending into other sectors, where do you think tech folks can go to kind of look for new opportunities in a time when getting laid off is such a prominent threat? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the two biggest are going to be healthcare and finance. Right. Um, these are just huge, huge fields um, that uh, that are more and more, you know, job descriptions in those fields. If you took away the company and the industry, they would look like tech jobs in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's really exciting for people who want to build careers in tech that they can take their skills and their curiosity and their, their ambition really into any field and any application. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think finance and healthcare are, are big ones. Um, I think, uh, I think there's some really interesting stuff coming down the pike with public sector jobs. So, you know, just an immense amount of investment from the federal government going into you know, I'm going to list a set of things that aren't purely tech, but we'll have a lot of tech opportunities in mm-hmm. them. So, you know, the infrastructure bill, the CHIPS Act, there's just there's a lot of um, public money flowing into the economy uh, that is going to, I think, transform certain industries and, and make them, you know, there's 50 billion being invested in, in, um, in, in, in computer chips and uh, semiconductor manufacturing. And so to me, there's... I guess, I guess I see what's happening now with the tech layoffs, and maybe this is overly optimistic as a as sort of a correction rather than a uh, fundamental sort of. I, I don't see the tech industry falling apart. I think right. tech is so much more embedded in all industries than it was, you know, after the dot com boom. Yeah, that definitely that lines up with what I've been seeing on the reporting side of things as well. I feel like healthcare has been a real like untapped market, I guess, in tech that's really coming to the forefront of things now. Everyone's doing these virtual healthcare companies and stuff like that. So that yep. makes sense that obviously job opportunities would be popping up over there. 
And that just for, for our company, that's one of the reasons we um, we launched a track. Uh, we, we have a few different career tracks we focus on, but but our biggest one now is data analytics, in large part because data analytics is is sort of it can be applied in any industry, and, right. and you know wherever you go, there's an an increasing demand for for that kind of skill set. And so that means I hope both our organization will be more resilient and be able to, you know, evolve and continue to help folks launch careers as the economy shifts. But I also think it makes every individual tech professional, their their careers can be more resilient and more varied um, because there's so many different ways to to kind of apply their skills and, and grow. And have you seen these layoffs having any kind of disproportionate effect on younger people or lower income people or the people of color that you are trying to kind of jumpstart their careers? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think junior employees are are often the first to be cut. Um, I mean, that's always true, right? A lot of most college grads are 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 still basically generalists, right? They they have probably a, a great academic foundation. Um, but they're not experts yet, not by, not any fault of their own. Um, and so, yes, I definitely think this, um, affects younger folks more. I think, um, I don't know if layoffs will disproportionately affect, um, you know, first generation and, and low income professionals and, uh, you know, or from low income families or, or, or professionals of color. But um, how you get back up after you're laid off, I think, is deeply uh, dependent on on um, huge social economic forces. Right. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the co-op's whole theory is that, and I'm not going to say anything mind-blowing here, but, like, what you know matters, but who you know matters even more. Right. And it doesn't matter what you know if you don't know someone who can like get you your resume on the top of the pile, or get you a referral, or, or you know get you an informational interview, or even tell you that an opportunity exists. Right. And so, um, often, almost by definition, if you're the first in your family to go to college, and maybe you went to a public school and you didn't live in a dorm and you had to work part time and you're commuting, there's actually a really good chance that if if you're laid off that you're not going to have dozens of friends or family members or neighbors or, or college roommates or fraternity brothers or sorority sisters. Like you're not going to have all of those organic connections that could be what gets you your next job. Right. Um, and so again, I don't know that the layoffs will disproportionately affect um, folks from underserved communities, but I think their ability to bounce back is entirely dependent on on social capital, which is really unevenly distributed in the U.S. Yeah, definitely. It all kind of comes back to the privileges that you have and kind of the starting line that everybody starts at is definitely not not a level playing field. So that makes sense, having people to kind of to claw their way back up if they're from a lower-income family to begin with or don't have that kind of networking to back them yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Um, and how can tech professionals kind of develop the right skills to secure employment in such an uncertain time? Yeah. Um, uh, well, I'm going to give you a counterintuitive answer, which is don't do it alone. Okay. Just like what, there are so many resources out there. Many of them are free. Right. Um, 
And I don't know about you, but like I, I that's not how I learn. That's not how I grow. I I can't just go to a website and and learn. Gosh damn it! Yeah, <laughs> it, it's just never been how I how I roll. And so I would encourage anyone who has been laid off or is maybe still looking for their first role, um, to do so in partnership with a peer, a near peer, like two or three friends, like maybe there was a, you know, a a project you worked on in college and you really clicked with your group. It's a good chance they're also struggling right now. Like get that group back together and and hold each other accountable. Take the classes together, meet at Starbucks, meet at the library, you know, meet on a Google hangout and go through the, you know, the Excel course or the SQL or Python course with somebody else. Um, in part because they can hold you accountable and, and give you solidarity and keep you motivated. Um, in part because it'll just be more fun. Right. But most importantly, because there's a good chance you will get your job through that person or one of their connections. And they're very likely to get their job through you or one of your connections. Um, so by doing this, this journey together, even if it's organized around skill building, is in fact, I think, a, a relationship building endeavor. Right. And um, and so when you when you focus on personal growth in partnership with others, um, you kind of get to double count it. You know, you get you get the the skills, you get the relationships, you get their connections um, without doing any extra artificial networking. Right? Like right. networking doesn't have to mean going out to a, an event and meeting a bunch of strangers. Right. It can mean picking someone who's in your shoes um, and coming together and saying, Hey, let's go on this, on this journey together. Uh, and I'll end this answer just by saying the most corny thing I say very frequently, which is finding a career is hard, but it shouldn't be lonely. Right. Yeah. I love that. I feel like all throughout school, we're kind of taught to use our like peers and our classmates as a resource. And then once you graduate, it's kind of like, they become a competition and it shouldn't be that way. You should definitely be able to use the people around you to kind of, yeah, get where you want to go. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's the thing is like big, big, big picture employment is kind of a zero sum game, right? There's only so many jobs and there's frankly a lot more college grads. Mm. But if you then zoom in to like just the messy labor market, your friend getting a job is not going to be the reason you didn't get a job, right? right? Like you're going to gain so much more by doing it together than you ever would lose in terms of, you know, competing for the same role. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, those are all the specific questions that I have for you. Unless you have anything else that you think is worth mentioning on the topic or something else you wanted to expand on. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the only other thing I'd want to say is we sort of been talking about this from, from like the candidate or employees perspective, you know, from the human perspective, I'm glad we started there. That's the most important. Um, just one thought I would share, um, for employers, you know, I, 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 at some point I think the layoffs will stop and the hiring will start again. And I hope that employers are very, um, you know, we've talked here about how much who you know matters and how much an employee referral matters. And every company out there is hugely reliant and often very proactively dependent on employee referrals as their way to find good people and get them vetted and even have them know about the opportunity. 
And that's great. It's just how hiring works. Keep on doing it. Except be aware that the people your employees refer will most likely look like your current employees. Right. Um, you know, our, our, our personal networks tend to be very homogenous because our, the neighborhoods we grow up in are homogenous. The schools we go to for K-12 are largely homogenous. The colleges we even go to are, are largely homogenous, especially in terms of class. And um, that means when you go to your existing staff and maybe they're mostly privileged white kids like me, and you ask them like, hey, who do you know? Who do you trust? Who should we interview for this job? We got 2,000 applicants. We only have three spots. You know, they're going to refer or, you know, endorse the people they know and trust. And that's great. Those people might deserve to be endorsed. Um, But they're definitely going to look like your team. Yeah. And so if you want... Uh, if you want, if, if, if you care on any level about, you know, diversity or inclusion on your team, you have to be very conscious of who's giving referrals, who's not, you know, what is the unintended implication of a, um, entry level or, or any level hiring process that's so deeply reliant on informal relationships because our non-professional lives are quite segregated. And when we rely on non-professional referrals or relationships, then that, that to to make professional hires that then pulls that segregation into the workplace. Um, And that, that's basically the, 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 the insidious trend that's always active. And I think after this round of layoffs, as the hiring begins again, I hope, um, I hope companies can be really conscious about who they're bringing in and who they're asking for those referrals. Yeah. That's an angle that I hadn't thought of before. I feel like obviously people, like you said, we're kind of a homogenous kind of society. So it makes sense that people will be referring people who look like them. And I feel like especially in tech diversity is, and it should be an important aspect of technology because obviously everyone's going to be using the technology. So everyone should have a hand in making the technology. So yeah, yep. that makes a lot of sense. And I hadn't thought of that before. Yeah. I mean, you're on LinkedIn that you're nine times more likely. And this is a number from LinkedIn. You're nine times more likely to get a job. Uh, if you have a, a referral nine right. times. Yeah. That's crazy. And about 70% of Americans are in jobs at companies where they know, knew someone before they hi- were hired. Right. So it's, it, it is how the labor market works. And so I don't think we should be surprised when, you know, an, a, an industry like tech just year after year of these like initiatives to increase diversity are still deeply segregated or, or exclusive. It's because whatever initiative you're doing is small compared to your main hiring initiative, which is around employee referrals, whether or not you consider it an initiative. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, thank you again for the time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Katie. I really appreciate this. Well, that's all the time that we have for today's show. Thanks again, Kalani, for joining me. And as always, thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. Be sure to check out all of our weekly episodes on your favorite podcast listening platform. And until next time, this has been What the Dev. 